Welcome to this week's edition of Island Recast. For more information on Grand Memorial Presbyterian Church or Pastor David, please go to gmpc.org. Hear now the word of the Lord from the book of Romans, chapter 8. The Apostle Paul writes, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. Not only, so, not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? If we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. Let us pray together. Almighty God, we thank you for inspiring the Apostle Paul to write these words to the church in Rome and to all of your churches. And Lord, we ask now that your Holy Spirit would inspire our hearts to understand the words that you have for the church in Coronado. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I grew up at the First Presbyterian Church of Hayward, California, and there were two sisters in the church named Florence and Lorna Logan. They were both retired missionaries. Florence was a missionary in China prior to the Communist Revolution. When the Communists took over under the leadership of Chairman Mao Zedong, she, Florence was forced to leave her mission work and her friends and return to the United States. Lorna was a missionary in San Francisco where she worked with Donaldina Cameron in Chinatown, rescuing Chinese women and girls who had been smuggled into the United States and sold into slavery as prostitutes and servants. After Donaldina Cameron died, Lorna became the director of Cameron House, the mission that she and Donaldina started and which is now still in operation. Florence and Lorna were two of the most godly women I have ever known. One Sunday, when I was a college student, I saw them after the worship service and they asked me how my studies were going at UC Berkeley. They knew that I was preparing to go to seminary, and they were a constant source of encouragement for me. And then they told me something that I have never forgotten. They said, David, we are praying for you every day. And it meant the world to me to know 
that no matter what I went through in college and seminary, there were two faithful saints who were committed to praying for me. And I felt loved and supported and humbled and grateful. But more than that, I desperately needed people to pray for me. I didn't know how I could have made it through that time without them. Now, when I look back on the ups and downs of college and seminary and trying to discern God's call for me to the ministry, in the midst of all that, I can see how the prayer support of two godly servants of God impacted my life and helped me to become a servant of God. As James 5.16 says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And God blessed me with two righteous people who were praying for me. All of us desperately need someone to pray for us. We need it like we need air and water and food in order to survive on earth and to be faithful servants of the Lord. So do you have someone who is faithfully praying for you as you go through the ups and downs of your life? Say yes. Yes. All of us have someone who is faithfully praying for us every day. The Holy Spirit. What's even better is that the Holy Spirit isn't just with us. The Holy Spirit is within us. In Acts chapter 2, the scriptures tell us that God has put his Holy Spirit into each of his followers. And one of the reasons why God has taken up residence within us through the Holy Spirit is found in this morning's scripture passage from Romans chapter 8, verses 26 to 27. Here we see that the Spirit has been given to us in order to help us in our weakness. During those times when we feel lost, when we can't help ourselves, when we're alone, when others have failed us, the Holy Spirit is still with us, helping us to go on. And one of the ways in which the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness is by praying for us. Verse 26. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Can you imagine? What better prayer partner could we possibly have than the Holy Spirit. We don't know what we should be praying for, but the Holy Spirit does. We don't know our own needs like the Holy Spirit does. We don't understand our own feelings like the Holy Spirit does. We can't appreciate all that God has done for us like the Holy Spirit can. Even if we could, we can't articulate our prayers with the same accuracy and intensity as the Holy Spirit can. The Holy Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that mere words cannot express. What's more, God hears the Holy Spirit. Verse 27. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. When we look for someone to pray for us, 
we usually seek a godly person, hoping that that person will have the Lord's ear, so to speak. Sometimes people will come to me and say, Pastor, I know you've got a direct line to the big guy, so pass this one on for me when you get a chance. And then they'll give me a prayer request. Well, who has more credibility and accessibility to God than the Holy Spirit? Karl Barth, in his commentary on the book of Romans, writes that God makes himself our advocate with himself. That he utters for us that ineffable groaning so that he will surely hear what we ourselves could not have told him. So that he will accept what he himself has to offer. God listens to the Holy Spirit because God is the Holy Spirit. It's as though we had a teacher who gave us a final exam and then took the exam for us and filled in all the answers for us. Would we worry that we got our answers wrong? God prays the prayer as the Holy Spirit and then God hears the prayer as the Father and God always prays the prayer right. One of the problems we have when we pray is that we don't always pray according to God's will. Sure, we say, thy will be done, just like Jesus taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer. And we usually end our prayers with, in Jesus' name. But we often ask God for things that he has no intention of ever giving us. Some of you may remember Janis Joplin and the song that she sung about this. Oh Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes-Benz? My friends all have Porsches. I must make amends. Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a color TV? Dialing for dollars is trying to find me. Somebody once said, if God wanted to punish us, he would say yes to all of our prayer requests. However, since the Holy Spirit always prays according to God's will, his prayers are always considered yes by God. It is amazing when you stop and think about it. Right now, the Holy Spirit is praying for each one of us, telling God exactly what we need. And God is listening intently to what the Holy Spirit is saying about us. And God is answering those prayers at this very moment. We are not alone. The Holy Spirit is within us, bringing every one of our needs to the Lord's attention. When we are overwhelmed with pain and are unable to pray for ourselves, the Holy Spirit is praying for us. When we feel far away from God and aren't sure how to find the Lord and wondering if he is listening to us anymore, the Holy Spirit is praying for us. When we're caught in the grip of despair and don't know what to tell God, the Holy Spirit is praying for us. When we're consumed by guilt and are too ashamed to turn our faces toward God, the Holy Spirit is praying for us. When we're struggling with temptations that seem overwhelming, the Holy Spirit is praying for us. When we find ourselves abandoned without a friend in the world, the Holy Spirit is praying for us. When we feel lost 
and don't know where to find God. The Holy Spirit is praying for us. When the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the church in Rome, Nero was the emperor of the Roman Empire. Nero would be responsible for the execution of Paul by beheading. And Nero would be responsible for the execution of the Apostle Peter by crucifying him upside down. Nero also started the first mass persecution of Christians in horrible ways. Yet Paul wrote in chapter 13, verse 1 of his letter to the church in Rome, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. God created the institution of government, just as God created other institutions that we are familiar with, such as marriages, families, schools, and so on. Sadly, these institutions aren't always functioning as God created them to function. This is because these institutions are suffering, along with the rest of God's creation because of sin, ever since Adam and Eve first sinned in the Garden of Eden. This is why governments, such as the Roman Empire, do evil. This is also why there is divorce and abusive families, and corrupt businesses, and dysfunctional schools. These institutions were created by God to be good and holy and a blessing to everyone. And these institutions are suffering in bondage to decay. This is why Paul wrote in the first part of this passage that we're considering from Romans 8, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. We are the children of God that creation has been looking forward to meeting. We have been filled with the Holy Spirit so that we can take part in freeing creation from its suffering in bondage and decay. And how are we going to do that? You may be wondering. Well, Paul tells us how in his second letter to the church in Corinth, therefore, if anyone is in Christ... The new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Ever since Jesus rose from the dead, God has been at work recreating the world. And God is starting with his children. We are the new creation, freed from sin and death because Jesus is alive and because Jesus is our Lord and Savior. We have been reconciled to God through Jesus, and God has called us to reconcile others 
and institutions that he created to him. When we work to help governments and marriages and families and businesses and schools to be what God created them to be, we are helping them to be reconciled to God. Since this is 4th of July weekend, this is a good time to reflect on how we can help our government to be reconciled to God. I grew up during the Vietnam War, and I saw the older brothers of my friends get drafted and go to Vietnam. And I saw neighbors come home wounded and broken. Just like you young folks have been growing up in our country since 9-11, and you've seen people go off to wars. Your own family members, and you've seen people come back wounded and broken. I remember, as a child, hearing about the My Lai Massacre on TV. I was just eight years old, and I was shocked that our service members would engage in murder and rape and torture. And I remember the anti-war protests taking place in Berkeley, just a few miles from my childhood home. Just like some of you may have memories of protests in the past few years taking place in other parts of our country. When I was a college student at UC Berkeley, I was a pacifist. And I thought a lot about the My Lai Massacre. And I wondered what I would have done to stop it if I had been there. And it occurred to me that the best way to stop it would be to keep it from ever happening. And to do this, those soldiers would need to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So I became a Navy chaplain in order to help service members know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And over the years, God has enabled me to help Marines and sailors in Iraq and Kuwait and Somalia and Djibouti to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And many others in our congregation have joined the military to help our government to be what God created it to be. God bless you for your service, not only to our country, God bless you for your service to God in our military. Another way to help our government to be what God created it to be is through prayer. With the help of our prayer partner, the Holy Spirit. 3,000 years ago, King Solomon of Israel built the first temple in Jerusalem, which was called Beit HaMikdash, which means holy temple. In Hebrew, the Holy Spirit was present in the temple in a sacred place called the Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant was kept. When Solomon finished building the temple, God told him in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 that there will be times when the people will turn away from God and the country would suffer because of it. During times like that, God said, if my people who were called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Sure enough, the people turned away from God. 
and they started worshiping idols instead. And along with the idolatry, the people started living like pagans, engaging in all sorts of sexual immorality, racism, slavery, and violence. They even sacrificed their babies to their idols by burning them alive or by burying them alive in pots at the cornerstones of their big new homes. As a result, God split the kingdom into two separate kingdoms, but the people would not return to following him. Then God had the Assyrian Empire invade in 740 B.C. and take the northern kingdom of Israel into forced captivity. But the people still refused to return to the Lord. So in 586 B.C., God sent the Babylonian Empire to the southern kingdom of Judah to destroy Jerusalem and to destroy the holy temple that Solomon built and to force the people to leave and live in exile in Babylon. As they arrived in Babylon, God told the prophet Isaiah, Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. As we celebrate the 4th of July this weekend and look out over our city that God has brought us to, and as we look out further over our country that God has blessed us with, we can't help but see people who are in desperate need of prayer. The Holy Spirit, who is living within us and praying for us, will enable us to faithfully pray for our city and for our nation. The most patriotic thing we can do this weekend is to pray. Our nation is in desperate need of prayer. We will not survive without prayer. The politicians can't save us. The protesters can't save us. The police can't save us. The Presbyterian pastors can't even save us. Only God can save us. And God will save us when we pray. Hear the words of 2 Chronicles 7.14 again. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. The Holy Spirit is living within us, praying for us moment by moment so that we can pray for our city and so that we can pray for our nation. The Holy Spirit is helping us in our weakness, praying for us moment by moment with divine groans that our mortal words cannot express. No matter where we are, no matter what we've done, no matter what we are facing, no matter how we feel, the Holy Spirit will always be with us, praying out our hearts to God. I will always thank God for Florence and Lorna Logan, who prayed for me when I was in desperate need of prayer. Today, we are the righteous people of God 
who have the Holy Spirit living within us. Today, we are the people whose prayers are powerful and effective. Thank you for listening to Island Recast. For more information, please go to gmpc.org.